It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So now we decide who's going to be a challenger for second place in the NCAA championships because Penn State is the overwhelming favorite for right reason. And we're going through 165 through the heavyweight. Uh, Aaron Brooks, surprisingly a number three seed. But what in the world was the committee thinking when they put defending national champion Max Dean as the number nine seed at 197? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, and that is Jeff Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. A very special guest joining me for now, part two of this two-part preview for the 2023 NCAA Wrestling Championships. Jeff, uh, thanks again for, for doing this two-part extravaganza here. Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to what should be a really fun weekend in Tulsa. So we got through uh, four wrestlers for Penn State that when we did our 125 through 157 preview, now we get to 165 to heavyweight. And then we will discuss the teams and who will at least challenge for second place. Of course, Iowa comes to mind, but there's a couple other teams, particularly one out of the ACC that I, I think could make a lot of noise uh, when it comes to the team standings. But at 165, we'll start and work our way up as we did the uh, first time around and the way we did it with the Big Ten Championship preview. And so at 165, Alex Facundo slots in as, a, again, surprisingly the 13 seed. Now, he did, uh, in some rankings, move up into the top five. Uh, when it came, when he was on a winning streak, but Alex Facundo, at least for, uh, um, I know because he's wrestling extremely tough talent that he's not going to overwhelmingly dominate these, uh, these opponents, but it, it did feel like some of these matches were just a little too close and that, uh, he was going to kind of balance out, you know, the pendulum swings one way and then it comes back ultimately into the middle. So the 13 seed, I, I think is a little underrated, but I, I think he is closer to that top 10 boundary, unless you think otherwise that he should be in the top five consideration here. No, I, I think that's right. Talent wise. Again, for Alex, it was, uh, he just wasn't able to get his offense generated at the big 10 tournament. And I think, you know, it's been something he's been working on. And I thought going into the tournament that he would, uh, would be able to secure takedowns against some of the, the top competition. He just wasn't a, able to do it um, in that tournament. But, you know, Penn State has, again, a tremendous history here, especially in the last five or six years, of making those adjustments from Big Tens to Nationals. Um, and I'm really uh, curious and, and excited to see what Alex can do here at the National Tournament. He mm -hmm. has a, a really tough matchup, but I think it, it is uh, – a winnable one against uh, Ramirez from Cornell in the second round, the, the four seed. And uh, I was really impressed. Ramirez uh, beat Quincy Monday, uh, who was a, a finalist uh, before in the uh, finals at the EIWA. Uh, and 
was really just impressed with uh, with his performance there. It was just a gutsy effort. So, uh, you know, Facundo is, I, to me, he is as talented as anybody in the weight class. It's just, again, he's a redshirt freshman. It's just a matter of uh, yeah. learning, uh, you know, how to score the points when you need them uh, against those top guys. And I think for the most part, he's done a good job of that this year. Uh, I think, you know, the, the big question for me is how quickly – uh, and is he able to shake off what was a subpar Big Ten tournament and just get back to it and, and wrestle the way he did much of the uh, the season? Um, I, I think if if his uh, confidence isn't uh, waning after the, the Big Ten tournament, that he is a really dangerous wrestler in the, this field. I, again, I, I think he is as talented as anybody there, and I think it's just a, a matter of believing uh, and uh, making it happen, like going out and, and creating the, the takedown opportunity. And, you know, if, if he can get the initial takedown uh, in these bouts, I, I think, you know, 90, 95% of the time he's going to come out with the win because he's just really tough to score uh, against. And, and his route is going to be tough, as you mentioned, Ramirez. And we could have got a, at least a preview of that had Cornell faced Penn State uh, back in the duels uh, earlier in the season, they ultimately faced Iowa State, and that was as ex- one of the more exciting duel meets that Penn State wrestled in all season long, where they didn't utterly dominate. I, I would say that Iowa, and go figure, Iowa and Iowa State were uh, Penn State's toughest duel meets. So uh, what I'm getting at is that we could have seen that uh, that Facundo Ramirez matchup a little earlier had Cornell won and ultimately faced Penn State, but it turned out to be the Cyclones here. Uh, this this 165 bracket is interesting because you have David Carr, uh, who is a member of that Cyclones team, who moved up, was a defending 157 champ. Uh, now he's up at 165 and hasn't missed a beat. He's undefeated. But here's what I find interesting is at the nine seed, another defending national championship who became ultimately the face of saving the Stanford wrestling program. And that is Shane Griffith, who I think that in itself is, is is a pseudo championship if, and when Carr and Griffith meet around, I guess that would be the quarterfinals. Yeah. This weight class is just uh, fascinating. We have the three champs there in uh, Carr and O'Toole from Missouri, who's the two seed. Uh, and then Griffith, and then you have another finalist in the five seed, Quincy Monday. Uh, and then, I, yeah, I, this, you know, Patrick Kennedy of, of Iowa is, I think, a six seed. And I, I mean, this weight class is uh, really deep and really talented. I, you know, I, you could probably argue, and um, I think I probably would uh, agree that this is the, the most talented. Uh, field of of any weight class in the tournament this year uh, just based on on past accomplishments and then also uh, you know you have a bunch of guys like Alex Facundo that are rising stars that are uh, certainly going to make an impact in future years and obviously are hoping to make an impact this weekend as well but um, yeah whoever ends up winning this uh, this weight class uh, and you know David Carr is certainly uh, rightfully the favorite, but whoever wins it, that uh, you will earn it. Uh, there's, there's oh, no certainly. doubt about it. This is, this is not a weight class where anything's going to be handed to you this season. 
Yeah, so Alex Facundo definitely has a, a tough path uh, out of all the people that he's named, but he is going to have to go through, guys. He's going to have to find an upset, and then it, it's going to get even tougher from there. So as the 13th seed, outside looking in, but uh, he's made it here, so anything can happen when when it's over there in Tulsa. I won't let the, what's on paper dictate everything there. At 174, Carter Storacci. Uh, this is the second of two uh, top overall seeds for Penn State. Uh, Roman Bravo Young was the first at 133 and then 174. How can it not be Carter Storacci, who's just been absolutely dominant? He's 19 and 0. He's undefeated on the season. And Carter Storacci is chasing something that is probably never going to be done again, uh, at least, and, and I hope not because of the circumstances, a five time national champion uh, jeff we'll start there just with that idea of carter starachi chasing something that it is just all it's going to be untouchable once once things completely get back to normal as you know college just isn't going to have that additional eligibility uh very soon it's going to go away in the next year here yeah and and you can argue uh I, and i think it was the wrong thing that the ncaa did but they did it mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be uh, for Carter and, and for the Penn State program a, a pretty neat uh, footnote if yeah. he is able to accomplish it. And, you know, I do think uh, – I know Mikey Labriola is the, the two seed, and uh, and Labriola is a really good wrestler. And, I you know, Carter obviously did a, a great job in the, the Big Ten championship match, and uh, Labriola is certainly capable of, of getting there. But uh, Makai Lewis is the guy that I'm expecting. I, I just think Lewis, yeah. uh, and I know he lost to Labriola earlier this year. I just think Lewis is, uh, to me, the guy to watch. I do think that's going to be potentially a great semifinal matchup between those two. Um, but uh, Lewis, to me, is the one that that is most likely to give Starachi issues. Starachi was not able to score a takedown against him uh, in the NWCA All-Star meet, but the thing with Carter is he just is one of these guys that is able to will himself to, to victory. And I thought the third period ride that he had uh, against Lewis in that, that all-star meet um, was really impressive because it, it uh, just kind of reaffirmed that no matter what you do, you can keep uh, Carter off of, of your legs and prevent uh, a takedown and you're still going to lose uh, to nothing because he just has that, that will. And he's so good in all three positions i mean i you know just have not seen anybody be able to ride him uh and obviously he has become really really effective on top uh and with the exception of makai lewis is uh, is able to get his off has been able to get his offense going against anybody else uh, he's faced this season and uh, again it's it's wrestling it's sports i, I would never say never and i'm not going to sit here and guarantee anything but uh, you certainly like Carter Starachi's chances going into this tournament. Uh, he's another one that just uh, when the lights are brightest, uh, that's when when he comes on his strongest. And, yeah. and I just know you can see the twinkle in his eye. You can hear it in his voice right now. He he is one of those guys that truly gets excited about this time of the season. I mean, I know Kale Sanderson talks all the time and the coaches do about trying to keep even keeled. And, uh, and I'm not saying Carter's not even keeled in terms of his approach every day. He, he does try to get better every day and he, he works on specific things, but he is a guy that just uh, gets a little extra amped up uh, at this time of the year. Uh, and I think he, he probably looks forward to this tournament uh, as much as anybody. It's it's just uh, where he has obviously come into his own 
over the last uh, couple of seasons. And um, again, going in, I, I certainly expect that uh, he's going to find his way to the top again. And for Carter Sirachi, he's he's beaten a lot of the guys that he's going to hypothetically face. I, I think that Makai Lewis matchup, I mean, again, that's somebody that he beat last year in the championships yeah. to to get that gold. So uh, is there anybody on that top side of the bracket that uh, he could hypothetically face? Again, there's Edmund Ruth out of Illinois. There's uh, Bailey O'Reilly out, out of Minnesota. Again, just people that... You know, he's he's controlled the Big Ten. He's dominated the Big Ten now for for three seasons. So uh, is there anybody that can at least give him fits in this 174 bracket before a Lewis or before a, a Labriola? Yeah, I think Chris Foca, the four seed from Cornell, is is an interesting matchup. I, I don't think he's quite on Carter's level just yet. Uh, but I think he's only lost once all season and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he hasn't uh, wrestled Carter th- this year either. So, um, I, you know, I, I think he could give him some some problems. I, I'd be very surprised if, if he's able to, to win that bout or, or to keep it even within a, a couple over three periods. I just Carter is really good at being able to uh, figure things out in the first period and uh, make adjustments in in bouts uh, to what he needs to do to create scoring opportunities. And, you know, there were some things uh, that he worked on down the stretch that the coaches uh, wanted him to work on where, you know, maybe he wasn't uh, going out and scoring bonus points to the degree uh, that we're used to seeing him, but they were working on some specific things with him that they wanted him uh, to – really be able to have in his uh, uh, reservoir when the, the national tournament rolls around. And I just think Carter is, is at the top of his game right now. His confidence obviously is, is never lacking. Uh, but I'm just really impressed with, uh, with where Carter is right now, uh, both with his wrestling and, and just with his attitude. Um, I, you know, again, I never say never, but boy, he's, he's going to be awfully difficult to beat. From 174, we'll move to 184, where Aaron Brooks is uh, as the number three seed, surprisingly enough. Jeff, you and I will talk about that in just a moment. But first, a word from uh, one of our sponsors of today's show, and that is a Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. I know my goal is to still eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You're not going to think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good, you might ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better for you is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't got to wait around to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. 
So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Grab your bracket and go listen to Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts at Locked On. Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. And thanks for tuning in. This is a live edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. We appreciate the playback when you listen to this in the audio or whenever you're watching it back on YouTube. If you are with us live, please feel free to drop a question for Jeff or myself in the comments or just uh, any predictions you have for the Penn State Nittany line because at 184 Aaron Brooks is now somehow an underdog in this class now there's a lot of uh, good wrestlers and personally this one is one of the ones that I'm more excited about Jeff uh, just because I mean I, I have to because of my background in in broadcasting in a short period of time it, the Heidley brothers of Hayden and Trent over at NC State I was hoping that we would get and just because this has been an ongoing rivalry all the way back to freestyles in high school before they yep. even got to college. Aaron Brooks versus Trent Hidley. That one went down to the wire a year ago. It wasn't unfortunately a championship this time. If they hypothetically meet again, it won't be in the championship because Hidley's the two and Aaron Brooks is the three seed. So how do we get here in the fact that Brooks isn't the one seed and I get Hidley's only lost one match. I totally get that, but. Brooks, uh, to move him to number three, what is the committee thinking here? Yeah, the, the formula that they use and, and what hurt Aaron is he just didn't have enough matches to get the RPI yeah. ranking, and that's 10% of, of what they take into account. Uh, I don't know for sure because I, I don't uh, I haven't sat down and gone through the entire math, but I, I have to believe that 10% having – uh, you know, basically a zero there for, for Aaron Brooks was what uh, the difference was between, uh, you know, a one seed and a three seed for him. And, uh, you know, he just didn't have a, enough matches to, to qualify for the RPI. So uh, the fact of the matter is, in this particular case, I, you could seed Aaron Brooks 33. And if he wrestles like he did at the Big Ten tournament, oh, Saturday, yeah. it's not going to matter. And uh, no disrespect. Trent Hidley is a tremendous wrestler. Parker yeah. Kikaisen is very good. Uh, as the one seed, I, I'm just telling you, if if Aaron Brooks wrestles the way he did at the Big Ten tournament, uh, he's going to win the the national title. There, there's just I, that is next level uh, good. I, yeah. It was as good as we've seen him wrestle, and that's saying something because obviously he's got a couple of national titles under his belt already. But I, he just uh, is on point right now. Uh, just so relaxed with everything he does uh, with his setups, and, and he makes it look uh, ridiculously easy, and, and it certainly isn't. Uh, and again, I'm certainly not uh, guaranteeing. I, this is a, a great weight class as well and a lot of really good kids. I, I just think Aaron Brooks, if he is locked in, and I expect him to be the way he was at, at the Big Ten tournament, um, Again, I, these guys are, are not going to be able to beat him. He, he's just he's just a different level uh, when he's on. Now, again, if he's off a little bit, yeah, Hiley Kakaizen and, mm -hmm. and probably a few others. Marcus Coleman obviously beat him earlier this Did year. Beat him, yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I don't think Aaron Brooks is unbeatable. Uh, but if if again he is dialed in the way it, it looked like he was at the Big Ten tournament. Uh, he's he's going to become a three-time champion here. 
Well, and it seemed like Brooks and Hidley were the were the faces of 184, and then Kakaizen just kind of I, I don't want to say comes out of nowhere for Northern Iowa, but it, Aaron Brooks and Miles Amin was that rivalry, and partially Trent Hidley Amin is gone, and, and now you have Kakaizen come in. So is this a crash course here between uh, Kakaizen and Aaron Brooks for a one versus three seed in the championship, or could we see a Marcus Coleman who's a very I think a very underrated five seed that. Uh, does he have the opportunity to upset Kakaizen at the top there and then face uh, face a Brooks after yeah, we're, I, we're I going think, to see Brooks and Hyde? Yeah, no, I, I think he does. Uh, Munoz is very good too for, from Oregon State, the, the four seed. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I mean, I think there are a bunch of guys there that are, are uh, you know, capable of, of getting to the finals. Um, and I do think that, uh, you know, from the quarterfinals in, again, there's going to be some really good wrestling. Uh, and really intriguing matchups. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think who wins that Brooks Hidley bout uh, to me is uh, is likely to, to be the national champion. I mean, I, I do, in my mind, going into this tournament with the way they're wrestling right now, you know, I, I think Brooks is, is the best wrestler in the country at this weight. I think Hidley is the second best. Uh, and then I think it's, you know, close between, you know, Kakai's and, uh, and then, you know, again, Munoz, uh, right. I haven't seen a lot of, but I know he's, he's obviously very good. Marcus Coleman obviously got the win over, uh, Brooks at the national collegiate duels down in New Orleans. So, you know, he's, he's capable of putting together, uh, a really good match, but, um, you know, I do think we're going to see Brooks and Hiley in the semis. Uh, and I, I just, I think Aaron Brooks is uh, wrestling even by his standards exceptionally well right now. Yeah. And that's the, this stretch that he's had at least as a very late, because I think, I think he shook off some of the demons earlier in the, in the season. I mean, that when, when you have that loss, that was the, we saw that reset point for him when he lost to a mean in the big 10 championships a year ago. And then this time around when he ultimately lost to his counterpart from, from Iowa state. So uh, in, pardon me, um, in, Oh, Marcus Coleman slipping my slipping yeah. my mind. Well, and and the thing with Aaron, you know, we talk all the time, Zach, in in wrestling especially, but in sports in general, that you know sometimes you learn uh, more from a loss than than a win. And the, the, I will mm-hmm. say, I I don't know that there's anybody that has done a better job of learning from their losses. And and in the case of of Brooks losing to Coleman this year, it, it really. Uh, forced Aaron to, to I think, do some uh, pretty deep soul searching on, on, you know, what it was that uh, that he needed to do, uh, you know, lifestyle wise and and just kind of focus wise to get back to where he wants to be in in the sport and, and take advantage of the the talents that he has. Uh, and I just think he's done a, a fantastic job of that of of just making some adjustments. Um, that have allowed him to, to get back, uh, to being, uh, again, in my mind, better than ever going into the NCAA tournament. 
It is a locked on Nittany Lions. We've got 197 in heavyweight and just a brief look at the team standings to uh, totally bring together these part one and part two uh, with Jeff Ironhead Byers. First, another word from our sponsor of today's show, and that is a FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. There's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure super easy to use then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets from the point spread to the money line to total then player props like points rebounds assists and so many other exclusive bets like the two by three two three pointers scored in the first three minutes plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment of Locked On Nittany Lions, part two of the 2023 Wrestling Championships preview with the nine Penn State Nittany Lions going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And hopefully uh, we can see nine Nittany Lions uh, make the podium and become all Americans at 197. Speaking of the number nine, that is where Max Teen is seated, who is a defending national champion. And again, somebody that lost a couple early matches and lost the championship uh, in the big 10 bracket, but somehow falls. I would understand maybe a third or a fourth seed here, Jeff, but he's the number nine seed. So what, what in the world is the committee thinking? Yeah. The, the issue there was that, that they, I think waited. Uh, well, I don't think uh, obviously when you look at the seed, they waited heavily lost to all red. And I think in their mind, they couldn't justify putting Dean ahead of all red as a result of that uh, championship bout and all red, while he's a very good wrestler, does have five losses. So, you know, they, they ended up uh, seeding him eight, uh, and moving Max Dean all, all the way down to nine. Um, I think it's it's obviously a very tough seed for uh, for Max Dean, but uh, I will say <laughs> that is uh, not a matchup that I think, uh, if it occurs, and he'll have some work to do to get there, but that, that's not a matchup that Nino uh, Bonacorsi is looking forward to in the right. quarterfinals, uh, I wouldn't think. I you know, the way it, it sets up now, it's just, uh, again, a really fascinating path. And, you know, we'll see whether or not Max uh, is is up to the task. But, you know, he'll have a chance to avenge uh, the loss to All Red in, in the second round if, if they both win yeah. their first round bouts. Then he gets the number one seed, uh, you know, if he beats All Red. And, and if, I, these are obviously big ifs, but if he's right. able to beat Bonacorsi, then he likely is going to face one of the other two wrestlers that beat him <laughs> earlier in the season yep. uh, because Ethan Laird, the four seed for Ryder and Michael Beard, the five seed and former teammate uh, of Max Dean's now at Lehigh are the two that beat him in that same weekend. So, uh, you know, 
if if it does end up being Dean and Beard in the semifinals, that is one that'll get uh, the fans riled up and and certainly will uh, renew in earnest the uh, Penn State Lehigh rivalry. But listen, it is a really difficult road here for Max Dean to try to get back to the uh, the finals, um, and really it's going to be a tough path for him to to get on the podium uh, once again. So. Um, you know, I, I think for Max, he's obviously been here. He knows what he's doing. I think it's just a matter, again, of shaking off the loss to Allred, believing in himself, uh, and trusting that when, uh, you know, the, the lights are on and uh, he needs to come up with the wins, that he'll be able to do so again uh, this season the way he did last season. And, um, you know, 197 to me is the most wide-open uh, weight class. Absolutely. The, the biggest number of... Uh, contenders here um, you know I know 157 165 or uh, you know probably similar but I just like 197 um, you know there's probably 20 guys that I, I could see being all Americans and I really think there's probably at least 10 10 to 12 guys that it's it's like well yeah if they get hot and they find a way to win the close ones that they could find themselves uh, atop the podium here on on Saturday night. I, I just think this weight class is going to be a whole lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know we'll see what what Max Dean can do. He's he's going to be a very tough out for for anybody, but he also has a very tough path, as I said, to to get back to the finals or even to get on the podium again. Just to put this into perspective for some people, 197 might be the most complete bracket, I would say, because a guy like Cam Caffey, who's beaten Max Dean, at least this was last year, uh, and Dean got his revenge. Caffey's a 19 seed, and and someone like, I know that Dean has dominated him, but Jacob Warner out of Iowa is a 14 seed. So just just giving folks an idea of what 197 looks like, because uh, 285, not as wide open. It's kind of a three-way race here. I'd say four because Cassiope drops down to the four spot here. But with Mason Paris kind of going into an extra gear here uh, this season with Michigan and Greg Kirkfleet just not being – it used to be back and forth, back and forth, and now it's – well, Paris has gotten the best of him multiple times in a row now consecutively. Uh, So at 285, can Greg Kirkfleet finally circle the wagons here who is – a three seed in this case because Hendrickson out of Air Force took the two spot. Uh, and Mason Paris, of course, is the favorite as the number one seed. So, uh, and then there's Tony Cassiope, who was that three headed monster in the Big Ten, now is the fourth seed with some other guys. And uh, let's not forget about Colton Schultz, who made it to the championship last year. And, and I know, I think we can start with the fact that Gable Stevenson is not in this bracket. Uh, yep. Neither is his ghost or any relatives. So for once, for the first time in quite some time, 285 is going to have somebody else uh, winning the national title. Yeah, I was really impressed with Mason Paris and and his performance of the Big Ten tournament. I, I really thought going into that one that Kirkfleet was going to uh, come back and avenge his, his regular season loss. And I just thought Mason wrestled uh, an exceptionally good bout. Uh, you know, I think Kirkfleet is certainly capable of beating him, but uh, you know that that is going to be a really tough assignment. I will say, of all of the seeds, I'm actually the, the one that is the most surprising to me is Kirkfleet being behind uh, Hendrickson. Uh, it's also the one that's the least impactful because whether Kirkfleet was two and Hendrickson was three, or vice versa, they're they're going to meet in the semifinals. But I don't understand Kirkfleet. 
uh, being behind Hendrickson. When you look at the strength of schedule and the quality wins and their only losses, I mean, I get Kirkley lost to him twice, but it's only because he wrestled him twice, but their, their only losses for either wrestler was to Mason Paris. And, uh, that one, I, to be honest with you, is a bigger head scratcher for me than uh, either Max Dean or Aaron Brooks. But uh, again, it's also, as I said, the least right. impactful at the end of the day. I, I think they're both getting to the semifinals because uh, I think they're uh, they're a good bit above the, the rest of the field on that half of the bracket. Um, and Cassiope's a terrific wrestler, but I just don't think he's he's. Uh, going to beat Mason Paris or mm-hmm. uh, or Greg. Well, I don't think I'll have a chance to wrestle Kirkfleet in this tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, I, you know, in my mind going in, I'm expecting to be Kirkfleet in Paris again. And again, I, th- I think it's going to be a really close match. And uh, Kirkfleet's got to figure out a way uh, to, to get a takedown of his own and to see if he can get his top game going. Mason Paris, um, you know, has certainly elevated his game from a year ago uh, and is uh, rightfully – uh, listed as the guy to beat here, uh, I think Greg Kirkfleet is the uh, the most likely uh, candidate to uh, to knock Paris off at, at the national tournament. But it is uh, obviously a tall order. Yeah, and that'll be in the championship uh, if and when it's going to happen. I think for me personally, I like keeping an eye on Colton Schultz uh, against Mason Paris, just because Schultz yeah. was that unexpected guy a year ago. I thought it just because of the challenge, the mountain of a man that Gable Stevenson was, is that Schultz was able to hold his own for as long as he did. Against yeah. that, that just tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, Schultz got off to a rough start this season, and I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, I could have been a number of things. I'm not sure what was going on there. But, yeah, he is, uh, I mean, talent-wise, he's as good as, as there is. And, um, yeah, if, if he is able to get past Cassiope, uh, that is an intriguing matchup uh, with, with him and Paris in the mm-hmm. semifinals because, uh, you know, Schultz is a game or two, and, and we've seen him perform very well at the national tournament. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a good call on, on Schultz being a, you know, potential dark horse here at, at heavyweight as, as a five seed, uh, going into the, the weekend. Yeah. And I just, I, I do just, I wait, I hate the way that these are seated because I would love to see, uh, Kirk Fleet wrestle Cassiope and Schultz on his way to the championship, but you, you can't get everything you ask for. Just, I, I, I do think it is one of the easier paths to a gold medal for someone like Kirk fleet in this case, which is Mason Paris as the favorite standing in the way. But again, I, I really do think Schultz is at the top of that bracket, the top half anyway, it, it's either one of them for me personally yeah. to face Kirk fleet in the championship round. Uh, so with that being said, we've gone through now, we've completed uh, both parts one and two, and we're at the final leg of this, Jeff, and that is the team standings where Penn State, uh, because they have nine wrestlers, because they have nine guys who could all be All-America selections, you have, let's see here, between Roman Bravo-Young, Levi Haynes, Carter Storacci, Aaron Brooks, Max Dean, and Greg Kirtley, who all are likely to compete for a title that they are just going to take the team title once again and add to the hardware that is over in rec hall. And you're just going to have to keep building case after case after case. So who's going to be number two? I think Iowa is an obvious choice, but I like NC state. I I really, I really wish Penn state would could schedule an out of, out of conference dual meet with them because I would have loved to have seen the wall, especially because NC state recruits 
Pennsylvania very yeah, well. Absolutely. So those kids yeah. that aren't going to Penn State, they become a pipeline down south to the Wolfpack, whether that's Hayden and Trent Hydley, uh, Ed Scott, for example, who's, again, another talented wrestler. And they got tons of young guys that are ready that are going to be coming through very quickly that you're going to hear a lot about. So uh, is it safe to say that NC State and uh, what uh, what other schools do you have in mind to con- to compete in that top five for the standings? Yeah, go- going into the weekend, I think Penn State is, you know, a, a prohibitive favorite. Uh, and, you know, I th- to me, only Iowa and Missouri. Okay. Uh, and it would take a combination of Penn State, you know, stumbling in multiple weights and one of those teams having a near perfect tournament uh, to be able to, to dethrone uh, the, the Nittany Lions. But going in, to me, Penn State is a pretty clear cut one. I was a pretty clear cut two. And Missouri is a pretty clear cut three. Uh, although I wouldn't be shocked if, if Missouri puts together a tournament where they, they can uh, surpass Iowa. But going in, I'm expecting it to be Penn State, Iowa, Missouri. And then I think, you know, if that proves to be true, I think the fascinating race then is, uh, is kind of probably four through seven or eight. Uh, because I think there's a lot of teams that are capable of uh, of getting in that mix. Uh, Nebraska, certainly based on its Big Ten performance, yeah. is a team that you have to watch at the national tournament. Uh, I think both NC State and Virginia Tech out of the ACC, I think both of those teams have the potential for a lot of points here at the NCAA tournament. Uh, Cornell put together a terrific EIWA performance, uh, six champs, and, and they have seven qualifiers. And I think all seven of their guys are capable of scoring uh, significant points. And, and so I think Cornell could uh, end up in the mix there in that, that race for uh, number four as well. Uh, and I think Oklahoma State, uh, if it gets hot, you know, they'll be home basically uh, in Tulsa and they qualified all 10 of their wrestlers. Um, you know, they're kind of due for uh, having a good uh, NCAA tournament, even though they finished third at the uh, the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Iowa State's another team that could be, I mean, both Oklahoma State and Iowa State out of the Big 12 could factor in there. I just think, uh, I don't know how many I just listed there, but I think any of those teams that I, I just talked about could finish uh, four. And again, if either Missouri or Iowa stumble a bit, could could even crack into the top three. But you know, going in uh, again, I, I'm expecting to be Penn State, Iowa, Missouri, and then a wild battle in that uh, for four or five, and you know, probably the the rest of the top ten there. I think there's a lot of teams. Uh, that could be in the mix. Northwestern's another one. Uh, both Michigan and Ohio State uh, from the Big Ten could could certainly be top ten teams uh, and probably top six or seven teams if if they get uh, hot. Northwestern has some guys that uh, like Yaya Thomas and Frankie Talshahar. Mm-hmm. If, if they can get uh, up on the podium and you know a four or five spot, uh, th- those are uh, guys that, that could help Northwestern to a, a top. 10 finish at the very least and maybe even a top seven uh, or six finish. So I, I think it's going to be I, I, this tournament. Uh, I mean, I probably say this every year, but I just think this is as fun of a tournament going in as we've had in a while in terms of uh, intrigue and potential uh, matchups yeah. and uh, teams and individuals that, that could make runs and you're just wanting to see how it all plays out. I, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun for wrestling fans uh, over the three days of wrestling in Tulsa. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. The madness is here in March. Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. He is Jeff Ironhead Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. The one and only does this solo. You are going to be broadcasting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this upcoming week here. That is Thursday, March 16th, concluding in the evening on Saturday, March 18th, out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can listen to everything on gopsusports.com. You can stream it. Also listen on the local radio stations in the State College Center County area. Jeff, uh, I wish you nothing but safe travels, uh, of course, to and from, uh, and an exciting time because as you described it to me before we uh, hopped on, of course, the, the show that this is like a kid on Christmas for you. This is uh, this time of year. It absolutely is. I, I uh, always get a little extra excited this time of the year and uh, just can hardly wait to see how everything unfolds. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, Jeff, thanks so much for the time. Thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.